our goal is more that we want to be the show that delivers most value to the uh, delegates. And we focused a lot on trying to create panels on the debate format. We are around 600 delegates. The venue itself lends it to networking and it lends itself to these like spontaneous conversations. Anyone who comes to the conference should leave the conference with having met 20 people they never expected to meet when they entered. You're listening to the Gaming News Canada show with Steve McAllister, recorded live on LinkedIn Audio. Follow Steve on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, and this is the Gaming News Canada show. I'm your host, Steve McAllister, the editor-in-chief of Gaming News Canada. This is an international version of the show today, as we will welcome Christopher Bowman, the Senior Director of Growth and Finance for Bayes Esports. We're also going to get a visit from Pierre Lynn, the Managing Director of iGaming Next, who's busy getting ready for next week's NYC 23 conference in New York City. Then we'll go to Vancouver and speak with Brian McCarthy, the Director of Player Health for the British Columbia Lottery Corporation. And we'll have our regular guests, regular contributors, Amanda Brewer, the Canadian Country Manager for Kinder Group, Chris Abbott, the Canadian Country Manager for Kays and Gaming Botano, and also Nick Salsky, the Chief Commercial Officer for PointsBet Canada. So a very busy show. Let's get right to it. And we'll bring in Christopher Bowman from Bayes Esports. Stephen Saltz mentioned to me when we spoke earlier this week is that you go back four or five years now and there was a lot of money out there available for, for startups and, and yeah. esports, uh, I would suggest, was, was a bit of a shiny shiny new object. And we saw companies like Overactive Media set up with a lot of excitement around the teams and, and hiring esports athletes and coaching staffs and training staffs and, and having yeah. tournaments run, run in, in big stadiums. And I think there was a subsequent opportunity seen by media companies who thought there might be a chance to generate new revenues for an industry that we you know is also struggling to by hiring reporters to cover esports and so i think we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the job cuts have affected those areas the last couple of weeks for example the washington post they had a media division focusing on esports and that was uh, eliminated we've seen some teams beyond the summit comes to mind we have the newsletter this week that they laid off a bunch of employees on on the team side as well so as you mentioned it's not really the the tech part of the industry and the kind of work that bays esports does or or companies like rivalry that offers esports betting, but it's it's other sectors of the industry that are being affected by this economic downturn. And I, and I think probably a, a, a day of reckoning for some of these companies, given the economic climate. Yeah, yeah, I would subscribe to that. Um, obviously, we all come from a very unique time during COVID, and esports was uh, one of the the industries that benefited from it. Right. So in 2020, you saw this. This increase in viewership, you saw this increase in revenues. We had we at Base had this jump in 2020, um, which I don't know. Some people probably thought it's it's weird that this is happening now, but then people wanted to believe that this is like a long-term growth prospect. But the thing is that those growth numbers that we saw in 2020, although we're seeing growth, but those growth numbers are not there right now. And um, as you mentioned beyond the summit, I think so. The one thing in during COVID was. People had nothing else to do or, and, and found eSports and they heard about it and they, they started spending time on it and then there was the betting volumes that went up, etc. But also, and, and the, the one contraction is now that, that you, you don't have this unique situation right now. But what's also the case is that due to the attention that eSports got, you have much more professional capital, flow, capital flowing and you have 
you have mergers going on like the ESL Facet group, right? So you have much more capital coming in, you have much more professional people coming in, you have much more professional organizations being established. And what you see is that some of the companies that have been, along, that have been around for a longer time and didn't manage to keep up with this professionality, so to speak, um, they are now kind of falling behind and in, in an industry that is so fast evolving and with much more professionalism going on right now, some will be left behind. And unfortunately, um, I'm not going to say that this was exactly the case for me on the summit, but we're seeing this uh, in the whole industry that, that people cannot keep up anymore. Hey, Christopher, you uh, based it, uh, entered the Ontario market back in the fall with, with uh, your partnership deal with Bet365. Yeah. And um, I certainly have done some reading about, uh, you know, the company be excited about the prospects in the U.S. as we get more and more regulated U.S. states and we see some of those states um, approving esports betting as well. What what, what are you and, and the people at Bayes see as, as the biggest opportunities right now for your business? Well, obviously, the, the very rapid opening up of the U.S. market and also the very professional regulation that is going on, right? And why, why do I say that? It's because um, we obviously at base are advocating for the use of official data, and I don't want to get into this topic of official and unofficial data, but we are uh, licensing the official data from the content right holders, and we have for many years, and especially in the last, we've been pushing this official data use, and we're now seeing that on the one hand, US is opening up, that creates a lot of revenue by itself, but also the fact that legislators are adopting this view of official data needs to be, the data needs to be officially licensed so the, so the integrity can be kept up of tournaments, etc. This for us is, is very interesting and also very nice to see that the, these efforts pushing for integrity in the data is, is kind of getting, coming into fruition now. So we have these twofold, yeah, these twofold factors that, that um, help us be very, be very positive about the uh, North American market in general. Uh, we only have Chris for, for a couple more minutes, so I just want to uh, m mention again, if you, if you do have a question or, or a comment while we have Chris for here, just p please raise your hand and, and we'll, get you, uh, we'll get you up here. Um, Chris, for just uh, without, uh, without tipping your hand too much, do you, <laughs> do you th believe that there are more opportunities to come into not only Ontario but across the rest of Canada? And again, that, I think that's something that you, we spoke about this morning and it's in the yeah. newsletter that, you, that your company is excited about what's going on here. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if we look at some of the League of Legends uh, leagues uh, of, uh, of Riot Games, uh, our official partner, um, some some of these leagues, they, they just they view US and Canada as one entity, basically. So what I mean is they have some, some nationality requirements for players and they don't care if it's US or Canada. So piggybacking alone on this US growth that is coming, and it's currently already there, but it's going to increase in the future, um, that already is, I think, quite exciting for Canada. I think Ontario has shown that it can also be very practic practical when it comes to legislation. Um, not in all areas, but in most of them. And then you have certain aspects like uh, Vancouver kind of announcing a strategy to become like an esports hub or an arena being built in Toronto. You, you see that the right things are happening and the, the proximity to the US market, both from, uh, from an organization perspective, but also geographically, I think is, is something that the, the Canada can leverage greatly upon. Hey, Christopher, just one last question before we, sure. we let you go. And again, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll, be, I'll admit, like, I'm still uh, a newbie when it comes to understanding the sports industry and, and following the industry. But, you know, at, at ICE London last month, I talked to a lot of um, 
the I would say you know companies like Sport Radar and and Layla Mentons at Play Engine and talking uh, about personalization and about the opportunities uh, with with sports data and that. Do you do you see like is is that exciting for Bayes Esports right now where there's there's a continued evolution of data and what you can do and and what the kind of um, experience that you're going to be able to provide. Uh, the people you you do business with, and does it does it feel like you're just scratching the surface right now when it comes to comes to data and the other the other technology that you offer for for esports businesses? Yeah, definitely. I think in general the whole tech world is uh, experiencing a data revolution and what we can do with data. But also for us, it's very exciting. I think where we might be a little bit ahead of the traditional uh, sports data companies, like uh, the ones you mentioned, um, is that we are already very tech-driven because esports is completely like tech-owned and uh, we have so many, we have thousands of data points going through our system. So for us, it's, it's just a very natural evolution to start using this data in much more different ways, but um, there is some way to go until we get there. I think there's still a lot of education to be done uh, for the market in general. Uh, Christopher Bowman is the Senior Director of Growth of Finance for Bayes Esports. Um, Christopher, really appreciate you joining us. Um, if uh, anybody in the audience today, if you, you are curious about what's going on in the esports industry, I re really suggest that you do read um, you do read this today's newsletter and, and get more comments from both Christopher and Stephen Saltz at Rivalry. And we've also put a separate story off my interviews with, with both fellows um, in Substack. And I'm, I'm going to actually add a little bit more to that to, tomorrow as well. So uh, Christopher, can't thank you enough for spending your Thursday evening and back in Germany with us. And, and we, hope, uh, we hope you'll join us once again. Of course. Very happy to. And thank you for having me. Great, Great. to see this. Bye-bye. Uh, right. Thanks, Christopher. Uh, we'll segue quickly to, to Pierre Lin because I'm Pierre is probably one of the busiest guys in New York City right now, getting ready for for iGaming next next week. And uh, Pierre, I, for, I guess the first question I have for you is what you know six days six days from having everybody coming in New York for your conference. What what's the managing director doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good question actually. Uh, I'm sitting currently. I'm scoping through, uh, kind of trying to. Uh, trying to free up a little bit uh, tickets. Uh, we have a lot of requests. We have we have a waiting list of the conference of almost 400 people at the moment, which is um, it speaks volumes, I think, of uh, just the interest in uh, online sports betting and online gambling in the North American market. It's it's uh, really amazing to see. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm spending most of my evenings on at the moment. Hey, Pierre, like just further to that, you know, I've I've been covering this industry for two years now, and so I've you know I've had a chance to to go to uh, to a couple of SBC North America conferences. Um, we've been to the Canadian Gaming Summit, uh, got to the Global Gaming Expo in Las Vegas for the first time last fall, and and we just made our first first appearance at ICE in London last month, and and every. Every conference obviously has its unique qualities, but um, I think that applies to iGaming Next as well. And uh, as is the case with the other conferences, when you you start canvassing people across the industry and saying, "Hey, it's you know where does iGaming Next fit on a on the calendar?" That it, the the feedback I get is that uh, you, you absolutely need to, need to be at the conference. But it certainly is a more intimate setting than I think the, uh, than the other conferences. But what what else makes makes your event unique? 
hit the nail on the head, Steve. I mean, we talk about this a lot internally of uh, like the identity that we want to take at Cycle Next. And, you know, I, I think we see a lot of other conferences that are their USP is that they want to be the biggest. So like you see this often, this is the biggest show in North America or biggest show of Europe or, or whatnot. But I don't think that necessarily translates into the best show. So um, I think our goal is more that we want to be the show that delivers most value to the uh, uh, delegates. And for me personally, at least when I go to conferences, uh, I think that the conference that gives me most value is when I get to a conference and I, I know some people who are attending, but uh, after the conference, I've gotten to know a lot of people I didn't expect to meet. And I think that's to me is, um, is a sign of a great conference. And usually you find that type of atmosphere at more, um, at, uh, at more kind of boutique style shows where, uh, you know, you don't have thousands of delegates, but rather hundreds of delegates. And so at, at Given X, we are, we are around 600 delegates. And uh, we put a lot of emphasis on networking, on the content, and um, kind of uh, the, the venue itself lends it to networking, and it lends itself to these like spontaneous conversations. And um, and again, I think I think that's what makes a great conference. Like an, anyone who comes to the conference should leave the conference with you know, say, having met twenty people they never expected to meet when they entered. Uh, so I would say that's the kind of USB uh, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I can tell you, Pierre. I think I wore two pairs of shoes walking in Las Vegas and in London the last uh, the last few months. So I'm I'm looking forward next week to a, a little more intimate setting, uh, a little less wear and tear on the body. But yeah, at the same time, I, the one thing that excites me is is feeling pretty confident that I'm going to see the people I, I want to see at this event, and and we're not going to miss each other. Before I forget, Pierre, one one something I did want to mention out the top is if. Um, uh, you probably see if you read the news that every week there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of links and references to the to the content that the, the iGaming Next editorial team produces under Pierre's direction. So uh, if you if you aren't doing so already, I, I really suggest uh, making you know bookmarking iGamingNext.com on on your browser, checking out what. Um, people like Ryan Butler and Sonia Lindenberg, Connor Mulhair, and, and Jake Evans do do every day, along with uh, with Pierre's podcast. Uh, the coverage of the industry is it's simply uh, terrific, and uh, and you know, Gaming News Canada, we've we've certainly benefited from Pierre the coverage that your team provides. Can I just say that the the great thing about INEC, iGaming that I'm not connected to Pierre, is uh, I was there last year and uh, the panels and the discussions were just uh, amazing. Um, it was never boring and uh, really good job in creating those panels, Pierre. Okay, thank you, Christopher. You're, you're a good hype man, my friend. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Can I get a ticket? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anytime, my friend. Anytime, my friend. <laughs> And that, that's yeah, and, and I must say, yeah, I must say, by the way, Steve, talking about uh, spontaneous encounters, I, I really enjoyed meeting you actually during ICE. That was, that was a good spontaneous encounter that happened at that conference, at least. So I'm, I'm happy to have met you there. Yeah, that was that was uh, that felt like a chance happening, Pierre, because there were, there were a lot of people there who who I already knew in the industry and who I, I never did cross paths with just because of the the size of the the XL uh, the XL Center in London. Hey, Chris, right, that, that, that's a great segue. I should have uh, I should make you co-host for this uh, for this forum every week, but 
I did want to ask you, Pierre, about the uh, about the agenda for next week. And uh, you know, there's a couple of a uh, couple of panels that that um, t- tweak my my spidey sense when I start looking at the agenda. I'm looking forward to hearing from Eric Rimsky of the NBA on. Wednesday morning, I believe, on the convergence of sports betting and media, and then and then Chris uh, Chris Grove, who who we fondly refer to as a friend of the parlay in, in the newsletter, uh, Chris is going to be giving his own State of the Union address uh, right before for lunch on Wednesday. Are there some other panels, Pierre, that uh, that you would uh, that you would put on the radar of, of people listening here today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Siren. You know, we've when we when we've gone through the um, the processes here, putting together the agenda, like we we are we are very aware that we want to kind of avoid the uh, standard panels where kind of everyone ends up agreeing with each other. You know, it's a funny thing that happens at conferences sometimes, where um, you know pe- people have the same opinion, or and 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 you don't really get much out of those panels i think so we focused a lot on trying to create panels um that can drive a little bit more like nuanced opinions or that can drive a little bit more on the on the debate uh, format which you almost never see at conferences but debates are usually like a really exciting format like you want people to disagree because through disagreements there's some like underlying truth that comes out of the panel and so um i really like the fact that we added like i think we have like three or four debates in the in the agenda this year uh we we call it uh, part of the disruption is is the kind of series of, of of debates um so so there's one on this one on investment like w- whether the industry is heading towards recession or not um we have one other panel that is called specifics and uh, we basically want to create a panel with like specific predictions. Like, let's not be like shy or beat around the bush or, and say like, yeah, oh, yeah, maybe DraftKings will do well in 2023, or maybe they will not. Like, no, no. Like, give us specific predictions. What do you believe? And then we can follow up on that and laugh about all those uh, silly predictions at this time. Um, but that's really what we want to try to create. So, so there's there's a lot of panels on on that note actually that is kind of challenging the panelists a bit more than the usual uh, the usual conference I would say. So um, I would I would definitely say like just keep an eye out for the uh, debates and keep an eye out for the uh, uh, specific panel and then of course the hot six which is taking place on the second day at the end of the show, which is highlighting six of the hottest kind of organizations in the industry with the future ahead of themselves. That includes Better of Joey Levy, for example, um, and, and Cycling Payments, a, a lot of exciting companies that will kind of sit in the hot seat and be grilled for 10 minutes each by the expert panel. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to, that's for sure. Yeah, and I also expect that I, I know there, I believe there's a couple of panels as well, Pierre, on, on the regulation piece, and obviously uh there's so much talk going on right now of course we know massachusetts they're going to launch their, their mobile um legal mobile betting uh market next uh week from friday it appears they're on track track to do that um so much talk not not only in the u.s but certainly here in canada about advertising right now and and i know in the u.s um you know, there's been debate about the, the tax rate in New York and operators trying to trying to scale back the tax rate. There's also pushes in, in um, several states for for iGaming to be to be uh, legalized. 
Uh, so that conversation, those conversations should be fascinating. And I think along with the, the, you have a panel on Wednesday as well on, on mergers and acquisitions. And I think that's something where, you know, people are always interested to hear what, what might be going on on that front. And, of course, we can't forget uh, the uh, panel of uh, our dear friend Daniel Kustelski, who's in the audience here today. The uh, best betting and media partnerships today and tomorrow. That's a panel to look out for. So uh, looking forward to that, Daniel. I can see you're in the, in the audience today. Yeah, well, I was going to mention that, you know, that you, you, we've got the best moderator at, at NYC23 with, with us today, uh, Pierre. So, but I'm glad, I'm glad you, did, uh, you did mention that. And we're, we're looking forward to seeing Daniel at the, uh, at the Chalk Line reception on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Uh, Amanda Brewer, I'm hoping to maybe get you in here for a second because I, I, I believe you have attended uh, the iGaming Next conferences. And I, I know you're, you're not going to be there next week, but... Um, any advice that you would give to uh, to a first timer like myself before I step on the plane next uh, Tuesday morning? I feel I feel you keep tapping me for uh, <laughs> all your footwear choices for these different <laughs> conferences, Steve. Um, iGaming Next last year was my first time attending, and it was really a joy because it's a smaller conference. Uh, it's not a behemoth like you have just come back from at Excel. Um, you really get you know the top people sort of in their fields that come to this conference, smaller panelists, but more thoughtfully produced. So it was, I think you're really going to enjoy the change from sort of the chaos that is G2E and I. So yeah, you don't really need to worry too much about your footwear for this one. Thanks for that, uh, Amanda. Hey, Pierre, uh, or, or again, I don't know if Chris Abbott, if you want to, Chris Abbott has a question or a comment. Chris, I know you're uh, you're not going to be in New York next week because you're actually going to be uh, in in Lisbon. So this this uh, this truly is a global uh, a global LinkedIn audio show today. But uh, Chris, I did I, I I would ask you and, and suggest that I think anytime you go to these conferences, as both Pierre and Amanda have mentioned, uh, uh, you know you can't put a you can't put a high enough value on on the networking and and like any anything um you tend uh you tend to learn something from any time you have an opportunity to go to some of these conferences and and sit in on a few panels and and meet different people from around the industry yeah steven i think that was really highlighted throughout the pandemic when we didn't have an opportunity to go meet people um you know our industry like so many is is really all about the people uh, especially when you're talking about business to business deals and and best practices for business to consumer strategies so um you know the panels and the information that are presented are, are invaluable um but it's the it's the in the evening or or quick breakfast or you know a five minute side session just to catch up and, and meet somebody who you know maybe at that time it's it's just passing but you know you exchange business cards or i guess now we add each other on linkedin and then um you kind of you know you, you can passively follow somebody and then maybe uh, maybe there's a need for you to to reconnect so um these are things that are, are wildly important even if you're not uh, you know not a presenter or, or you don't have a booth or what have you i think it's great just to just to be there and have the opportunity to be exposed to to other smart people in our in our business hey pierre one last question before we we let you go and, and again really appreciate your time today um you know with this with this is a this is a canadian show and and so I, I do like to ask our guests when they when they come on from other parts of the the world just uh about the chatter around canada and, and ontario in particular and uh 
is that something that do you expect there'll be a lot of conversation around Ontario this year or, or was it the case last year when we knew Ontario was going to open the market where where Ontario was really a hot button topic at the conference yeah, yeah it's a good it's a good point to see last year obviously it was like prime time to discuss the expectations for the Canadian market and the, you know I, I I get the feeling that the uh, Ontario market is turning out as a really positive uh, market uh, here the regulators seem to be working well together with the operators. Um, as far as I uh, read last time, I, I could see that the numbers are looking really positive for Ontario now, they like on, on the uptick. Uh, you probably know much more uh, on that about uh, the, than me. But um, there seems to be a lot of excitement around uh, Ontario. I, I'd be curious to hear from you, Steve, in general, what do you think uh, is up next in, 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 um, in Canada in general? Is, are other provinces going to follow as well? Uh, what, what, what's the latest in Canada? It's a it's a great debate, uh, Pierre, and, and one <laughs> one we one we seem to have every Thursday. I mean, just uh, iGaming Ontario did uh, did put out a tweet this morning welcoming uh, BetSafe, Bets and Groups BetSafe product to uh, to Ontario's legal sports betting and gaming market. That I think that's the forty sixth operator now to be, to be up and running in Ontario, which is a a staggering number. And and um, you know, as something Amanda and, and Chris and and uh, others in this forum when we talk about it uh you know we believe that there's a template here in ontario now and and as amanda pointed out and chris too as well a couple of weeks ago it's not it's not as simple as copy and pasting and taking it to other provinces but it does make an awful lot of sense for for the other provinces to follow ontario's lead in terms of having an open a competitive regulated gaming market um, you know, getting rid of the gray market, having having those tax dollars flow in through through uh, uh, you know a regulated and and uh, gambling industry that that provides a safe environment for for players, and I think it's you know the consensus seems to be it's not a not a matter of if but a, a matter of when, uh, but it's you know right now it's anybody's guess when when we'll see that next domino fall whether that's Alberta or, or British Columbia or, or or Quebec that follows Ontario's lead. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting to follow. And, and um, just a plug for BetSafe. I used to be the, uh, the VIP manager for BetSafe uh, 12 long years ago, actually. So happy to see that they are doing well over there. There you go. Uh, Pierre Lynn is the managing director of, of iGaming Next, uh, the kind of the, uh, I guess, the, the, the chief organizer, chief bottle washer for NYC23 uh, next week at the, uh, at the convene venue in, in Manhattan. Uh, Pierre, really, I'm re- really looking forward to, to being in New York, to, to attending the conference, um, really hoping that we, we get a chance to, to chat once, once again there. And uh, thank, you, thank you so much for, for joining us today and, and shedding a lot more light on, on what's in store for people who attend NYC23 next week. Uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I will need to get my ego checked after all these uh, nice comments in here today. But thank you so much, everyone. And uh, really looking forward to seeing Steve at the conference. Um, Daniel uh, in the audience, looking forward to, to hear you speak. And, and to the others, I can see there are a couple of people here uh, who are attending. So really looking forward to seeing all of you guys. Have a good uh, rest of the session. Great. Thanks again, Pierre. Uh, we're going to stay in conference mode here, and we're, but we're going to go to the other uh, the other side of the continent and um, and bring in Ryan McCarthy, the director of player health for the for the BCLC, 
And uh, Ryan, I assume you're probably in the same uh, same spot as uh, as Pierre right now. Just you and your you and the staff at BLC just trying to nail down the final details and and get prepared to to host uh, people from across the industry from across the country next week at the uh, the New Horizons for Responsible Gambling Conference. Absolutely, we're looking forward to it. Hey Ryan, you joined the organization uh, I think last last August. We'll. Will this be the first time that you've attended the, the the New Horizons conference? This will be my first time. And to that end, like what uh, you know, what has what has you excited? Again, maybe you can tell the audience because um, the one one of the uh, few conferences now now that I haven't attended is as New Horizons. But maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of background on, on what what's going to happen next week in Vancouver. <laughs> Certainly. So this will be the 11th edition of New Horizons, and it's our first time coming together in person since 2020. The last time that we were all in Vancouver in person would have been at the beginning of the pandemic, and literally we were sending people home from Vancouver while the world was shutting down around us. So we're absolutely thrilled to have everyone back in person. We've tried to curate uh, an agenda looking at some of the hot-button issues that we're trying to talk about within responsible gambling and player health. And really looking at how the world has evolved and changed over the past two years with things like sports betting and the closure of venues and then the reopening and some of the issues that we've been dealing with around responsible gambling and player health. So we're really looking forward to convening everyone for those conversations. Ryan, there's there's so much going on around responsible gambling right now to, to the point where I actually dedicated a section of the newsletter to it, to it this week because there was, there was so much happening. Are there... Can you identify, like, are there two or three major issues or challenges right now or, or topics that come across your desk in, in terms of responsible gambling and what, and what you're dealing with on a daily basis? I, certainly. I think one of the ones that a lot of us from the operators uh, are dealing with is sports betting. It's a real concern for player health. I think there's a lot of opportunity for operators, but there's also some player health concerns. And I think that the conversations I've been having with colleagues across Canada uh, just given the speed at which sports betting has taken off across the country, we're all looking at that as an issue. I think we're also looking at kind of expanding our conversations around not just looking at those who are demonstrating problem gambling behaviors, but how we can support players from a sustainable way to play in healthier and safer ways. So while we need to be concerned about those who are actually demonstrating those high-risk behaviors that we're concerned about, we also need to think about our entire play player base from a business sustainability perspective. I, I just wonder too, uh, while you were talking about um, the MGM Resorts International and Bet MGM announced, I think, believe yesterday that uh, it had reached a five-year extension of their agreement with, with BCLC, with, with the Game Sense program. And I just wonder how much of that was motivated, including the, the five-year term, by the fact that, you know, responsible gambling is front and center with the industry right now and and you know this just sends a message of of how how important responsible gambling is for for the business it's a really important partnership for us at bclc and as you mentioned it's an extension of an already existing relationship and i do think it's a recognition that GameSense has really been one of the innovative programs in this space for a number of years and it continues to innovate and evolve as we deal with different and evolving issues around player health. And I think the recognition is that when MGM and BCLC are working together to support positive play, it's a win-win for our players. 
Hey, I'm hoping to maybe get Amanda and Chris in here as well. And, and, and Chris, maybe I'll start with you. And, um, you know, how, how much of your work week is consumed with, with dealing with um, responsible gambling or, or, you know, having those conversations with your people? And again, you're, you're someone who's been in the industry for a while. So Botano's not your first stop here. So you're certainly, uh, you know, well-educated about, about the issues. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wildly important. Um, in fact, it's, it's something we spend um, multiple hours a week uh, making sure we have the right programs in place, that any players that are flagged as, as potential um, problem gamblers get, get outreach. And, and um, on top of that, there's, there's certainly, and I, I think you've seen uh, across the industry, I was watching the Leafs game last night, um, a very disappointing effort, mind you. But um, I noticed that uh, there was a number of actual responsible gambling um, TV campaigns that were running here in Ontario. So um, kudos to everybody for that. And uh, I think you'll see that that's, that's going to be the trend. There's a, there's a mandated amount of money that needs to be spent uh, as part of the regulation by the AGCO and I Game in Ontario. But I think companies are going to do that anyway. I watched... Um, the clip on TVO with Paul Burns from earlier uh, this week that was circulated through the Canadian Gaming Association's email yesterday, and uh, you know it, it's it's a big problem. Like uh, um, we know that that there's um, problem gambling and addiction issues when it comes to our products, and I think it would be um, very reckless not to spend a lot of time um, trying to make sure that you mitigate that as much as possible. Amanda, do you want to jump in here? The only thing I'll add from a Kindred perspective is Kindred has pioneered the journey to zero. Um, and uh, we just put an update out about our ongoing, you know, honest to goodness challenges in trying to get the revenue that we derive globally from probable gambling down to 0%. I think we're now down at 3.5%. Um, we had a meeting with IGO about a month ago where we brought in the people who had created that, as well as our diagnostic tools, the PSEDS diagnostic tools that we use um, and walked iGaming Ontario through the amount of research that went into developing these tools, the scientific-based research, um, you know, the AI that, that is used as well, because you don't want to let the identification of a problem gambler be solely um, dependent upon human intervention or human diagnosis. Um, so it was really nice to see Kindred's expertise in this area recognized, and certainly it's something that we continue to devote a lot of time and energy, um, you know, in, in combating, which is making sure that the people who are enjoying our product are people who are enjoying it responsibly, are enjoying it as a source of entertainment. And, you know, if there is need for assistance, then that is very easy for them to, to find. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really nice to see Igo wanting to take an active interest in learning more about this space. Right. We're going to get Nick Solsky from PointsBit in here in a few minutes as well. But I want to get back to Ryan McCarthy for, for a couple of more questions before Ryan has to leave. And, uh, you know, Ryan, uh, BCLC, I think, put out a release in January announcing some updates with, with its uh, Game Break program. And, and maybe you can just walk the listeners through a little bit what, what Game Break, Break is and, and what some of those enhancements were. Certainly. So Game Break is our reimagined voluntary self-exclusion program. And one of the reasons that we explored changing the name was we wanted to be less stigmatizing for players who want to identify as wanting an exclusion or taking a break. So rather than using words like exclusion or 
reinstatement, we wanted to make the language a bit more positive to support our players. And the biggest change with Game Break is actually called Game Plan, which is our reinstatement process. And as at the end of the self-exclusion period, a player will complete a course to help them learn how to gamble in healthier and safer ways should they choose to return to gambling. So we're really proud of the program. It's a bit of a, a game changer for us in terms of how we're approaching self-exclusion. And we're trying to do it in a way that's less stigmatizing and more positive for players so that it's more accessible. Hey, Ryan, just off that, is, are you seeing, again, we assume, or I assume anyway, that uh, with legal sports betting now, and I, I, I believe a, a greater awareness among sports fans about about betting, that there there is an increase in, in people getting sportsbook accounts in regulated U.S. states, of course, in Ontario, uh, even with the provincial lotteries, uh, corporations across the country, and, and their, their sports betting uh, apps. Um, are you, is that being reflected in what what uh, what you're you're seeing with with programs like Game Sense and Game Break that you are getting a lot of new new customers or new players? We are seeing an increase in the players that are deciding to pursue a self exclusion. Part of that's also been driven for us from the closures of the venues and people moving more towards online. So. In British Columbia, we have the 100% legal site playnow.com through BCLC. And we have noticed an increase in the number of people that are self-excluding in the online forum. Um, Not specifically tied to sports betting, but it's been mostly from the transition between moving from venue to online. And so we're monitoring those numbers to see if they will go back to what they were prior to the closure of the venues. Right. Hey, last question, Ryan. Um, you know, I, I, I took a look at the agenda this morning. Um, uh, you know, one panel stuck out for me, pr- probably as much because I, I know most of the players involved. Uh, uh, Troy Ross, Bruce Coghill, Lindsay Slater, and Brianne Doris-Schwall are going to be on a panel about the power of player education and responsible gambling during during the conference next week. But are there any other uh, panels that, that you would highlight, or is there something that you're personally interested in, in listening to? The one that's really curious for me is about supporting winners. Um, most of the conversations I've been involved in since I joined the industry have been around more on the problem gambling side around players that are uh, displaying high-risk behaviors. And this is really looking at, from a winner's perspective, when someone wins a jackpot, does it change their gambling behavior in a problematic way? And I think that's a really innovative conversation to be having, so I'm really looking forward to the discussion during that panel. Right, and the other one I was going to mention too is uh, you, there's a keynote address, I think, on the first day by uh, two spirit couple, Dr. Jay Makokas, James Makokas and Anthony Johnson, uh, um, winners of the Amazing Race. So I, I've, I do wish I was in Vancouver to, to listen to, to that keynote speech as well, uh, Ryan. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. They're, um, they bring a really unique perspective because they've used their platform to talk about gender, sexuality, and First Nations issues. But when we talked to them about the keynote, they also talked about the history of gambling with First Nations. So I think that's going to be the start of a really good conversation around inclusivity and our journey to reconciliation with First Nations. Uh, Ryan MacArthur is the Director of Player Health for the British Columbia Lottery Corporation. Uh, Ryan, we wish uh, wish you the best with uh, the New Horizons and Responsible Gambling Conference next week. Uh, we wish we could be with you in Vancouver. and. Uh, 
uh, we're already I'm already putting on my calendar to, to, to be in Vancouver next year for, for New Horizons. So uh, thanks very much for, for joining us. And, and as I mentioned, uh, wishing you well with the conference next week. Thanks so much. We're going to uh, pivot quickly and, and bring in Nick Solsky, the Chief Commercial Officer at Points Bay Canada. And Nick, while uh, you know Chris was talking earlier about seeing an, an increase in responsible gambling ads um, last night while watching the the, the Leafs lost to, to the Oilers, and um, in the newsletter this morning we had uh, I, I think uh, presented the first look at, at Points Bet's new uh, responsible gambling ad featuring. Uh, Carrie Einerson's rank along with um, uh, Val Sweeting, Shannon Burchard, and, and Brianne Harris. And you and I were going back and forth a little bit, texting each other um, a couple of days ago. And, and uh, I, I think this is the first time, Nick, I've seen female athletes giving a responsible gambling message. I, I, may, be, I may be wrong on that, but um, first thing. And as you and I were talking, um, the only other uh, the only other responsible gambling ad i think i've seen in canada since the market's opened featuring a brand ambassador is, is george st pierre for for um, bet 99 i mean this is this has been a hobby horse for me and in, in both the newsletter and and in in this form so um it, it was great to to watch that video yesterday and and uh, you know for points bet and and for for your audience the, the timing's even a little bit better because uh, the Anderson rink won their their fourth Canadian uh, women's curling championship on Sunday yeah um thanks Stephen and again it's uh, it's always great to, to join the show um, and to, to hang out with uh, with all these these awesome folks no I, I mean the timing was awesome obviously I'd say we got lucky that we uh, that we, we have the opportunity to feature um, the four-time now reigning uh, Scotty's champions in an RG message um, that happens to premiere during the, the Briar tomorrow. I'm not sure if it premieres tomorrow or Saturday in broadcast, but, uh, but either way, yeah, I mean, it, it was exciting watching them, and it was even more exciting knowing that, uh, they, that, our, that our ad's going to get a little bit more... Um, even more relevant or even more exciting the fact that, that that the message will now I think resonate a little bit more knowing that they are not only um, female champions but uh, representing Canada and the world championships in Sweden uh, in the next couple of weeks so yeah it's it's uh, it'll be it'll be I think it's a good step forward for the industry to your point right there's responsible gambling messaging that we've seen but a lot of that messaging has been somewhat kind of i don't want to say generic but um kind of pre-canned it's nice to uh, be able to push some voices um behind the messaging as well to help connect with the canadian sports and hey, more directly nick i think points bets about a year into the into the partnership with curling canada now like just from from your your deals with with carrie uh carrie's rank and and um uh, and it escapes me, but I know, I know you've got a relationship with uh, with the men's rink as well, and and then just the, gen, the general partnership with Curling Canada. Is your sense is that there's um, a lot more awareness today than there was when this partnership started around what's going on with sports betting in, in Ontario and across the rest of the country? And and do you find that you're having more conversations around responsible gambling, and that that's something that people bring up with you, whether it's at a, at a Briar or the points, but Canada Invitational or the Scotties. Um, 
It's a good question. Now, um, f- first off, it's uh, we are the proud partners of Brendan ba- uh, Brendan Botcher and, and right. his awesome team with Mark Kennedy and, and Benny Hebert and uh, and Brett Glenn. Um, so you know, you know who I'll be uh, cheering on this weekend. Um, what's interesting is the Briar that starts tomorrow in London is the first curling event um, that uh, is in Ontario. Um, I think last year's Players Championship Grand Slam of curling occurred literally. I think the day, like the weekend after, or the the day of the market opening. Yes. So that was a little bit of a. I mean, that was a bit of. I mean, that was too early to tell. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of responsible gambling talk when we were out in Fredericton, candidly, because we don't operate in New Brunswick. So the folks that I was speaking to definitely weren't gambling on on points bet. So, you know, I'm heading down to London. I'm heading down to London uh, next week. And I'm really interested to, to, to hear what people say. You know, I'll be, I'll, uh, you know, I think that what I will say is around awareness for gambling nationally, awareness for responsible gambling nationally. I'm not sure yet what impact our curling relationships have on that overall, but I will say that the points bet brand awareness absolutely spikes and grows um, in conjunction with these major curling events. You know, we definitely saw a big spike during the Scotties. Um, I know we're going to see another spike. Oh, we saw a massive spike in September around the Invitational. Right. Um, and I do know that, you know, we did see a massive spike last weekend. We're expecting another big spike this weekend. And the way that we're looking at curling and our relationships is I think the sport on mass, and I haven't been shy to talk about um, how big we think the opportunity is not only to help grow the gambling market in relation to curling, but how we want to just help the sport on mass grow not only as good partners, but as a, you know, as a sports betting operator to help drive additional revenues into the sport. So, I mean, we're still in very early days of our work together. And um, I'll say that, you know, we're super excited because the Briar, uh, obviously being in Ontario, will then lead to the men's champion world championships, which are in Ottawa um, later this month um, or early April. And then culminating with the Players' Championship for GSOC at Madame Center in Toronto the weekend of April 14th, 13th, 14th, 15th, whatever. And then obviously September back in Ontario again for the Invitational. So we're looking at four major curling events in a row in a regulated legal sports betting province in which we are active. So, you know, we're pretty excited about the... Uh, the, the tailwinds we're going to be able to um, generate starting literally tomorrow. Hey, Nick, I have another question for you on the Curling Canada thing, but I, I'll come back to you in a second. I want, I want to get Amanda on this, because Amanda, I think you've mentioned this here before that, um, you know, obviously when, when the market opened last April, there, there was this mad dash to get the market to, to acquire customers, to build your business. Uh, to Chris's point about seeing, you know, seeing more RG ads last night on TV. Do you think that's just a sign that maybe the market is starting to, to settle settle down a little bit? And, and 
that maybe we are going to see more responsible gambling odds over a period of time now because because the market is somewhat established? Well, I think it's a combination of a few things, too, which is, you know, we have to keep in mind that the 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 operators that can afford to put those ads on TV are going to be some of the bigger operators with the bigger marketing budgets. Not every operator is going to be able to afford airtime like that. Um, right. There have been repeated meetings um, and reminders from iGaming Ontario about the importance of mixing in RG into all standard marketing and advertising in the province. So um, iGaming Ontario has certainly been vocal at speaking up and, and reminding operators of you know their obligation to that as well. Um, and I think, too, you know, we know there's been some unhappiness, specifically during hockey broadcasts, um, when it comes to some of the players that have signed deals to represent some of the operators. And that's where some of the pushback has started, some of the unhappiness and the complaints have started coming in. So I think Paul Burns has done a good job at reaching out to those operators. And I'm not saying it's a knee-jerk reaction because of that, but I think it's just a good reminder that, you know, some things, you know, when you don't have all the information, when the full context isn't there, you can draw conclusions that aren't necessarily 100% accurate. So I think it's great. Now's a good time, you know, given the flurry of articles that have been quite frankly negative towards the advertising. And a lot of it has really blown it way out of proportion. But now's a really good time to be putting a focus back on RG and especially as we're approaching the first year anniversary of the market. Yeah, Chris Abbott, I'll ask you first, and then Nick. Chris, as someone who's you know done sponsorship deals uh, with uh, previous uh, with previous operators when it comes to brand ambassadors, and that would it not be real simple just to anytime you do a brand ambassador deal that that those ambassadors are going to do are going to have RG messaging that that that's that should be a fait accompli with any kind of brass amba- brand ambassador partnership. Just the, so the, I think the short answer is yes. I think uh, it should be an overarching message and theme. But um, so so from my perspective, um, I, I, I you you listed off the short list of RG RG ads. I will say, even though I'm not there anymore, I'm proud of the Andrea DeGrasse Cool Bet partnership, and that and that's an RG uh, commercial as well. Right. Um, but I, so when we did that one, uh, that was the whole that was the whole. The whole idea is that Andre is going to be the ambassador of cool, and, and at that time it was stay. The, the whole tagline for the company is "stay cool and bet responsibly." So the whole message is supposed to be uh, about keeping your cool. And there's there's more commercials that were shot with him that I'm looking forward to seeing the final product because I left before uh, before they were done. Um, so yeah, I will say th- yes to that. But also, you will notice that some brands will separate their come play casino games with us and their uh, responsible gaming uh, ambassadors. And I think part of that is not to mix the messaging. Um, because if Jamie Foxx at one time is telling me to uh, come back here and play on my casino while I'm at this Hollywood party, um, him turning around out and, and you know celebrating and high-fiving and looking around, look how great I am, everybody. But then in the, in the next commercial, he's telling me, yeah, but, but bet responsibly. Um, I don't know that that messaging really aligns. So I, I have seen, and... Uh, Honestly, for the life of me, I can't remember which brand it was last night, um, but they had a different 
uh, I think it was Bet Rivers. They had a different uh, ambassador doing the responsible gaming versus the Dan O'Toole of the, the fun zany come gamble with us. So I think um, overarching, yes, it should be a message. But if you're doing a specific campaign, I do see the, the value in, in separating the messengers. Yeah, and th- Chris, thanks for pointing out cool about Andre Grash. You're absolutely right. I, I forgot about that ad, but th- yeah, that's 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 uh, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a good responsible gambling ad. Nick, Nick, did you want to add anything to that? No, I, I think Chris and Amanda did a really good job, um, uh, you know, nailing down that answer. I mean, I think that to your initial question, I mean, I don't think you can paint every partnership with the same brush. Right. And as much as responsible gambling is important, uh, is, 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 is vitally important, it, to, to Chris's point, it doesn't necessarily make sense for every partnership or every ambassador to be pushing that responsible gambling message because, and Chris Chris's example is spot on, you lose a little bit of legitimacy when a consumer kind of understands what the operator is doing, which is just like, oh, they're just kind of pandering because they have to put a responsible gambling message out there. So they're using an ambassador or an element of a partnership um, just because they have to, right? As opposed to specifically wanting to. So um, I, I think there's a fine line, um, but I, I think the industry is doing a pretty good job finding that balance. And, you know, to Amanda's point, or I, I'm not sure if it was Amanda or if it was your point, I think, and, you know, this industry is still not even a year old. It's going to evolve. And I think you'll start seeing more. Um, of a kind of a shared voice between kind of customer acquisition and driving engagement versus responsible gambling. Hey, Nick, I wanted to give you uh, give you this forum too to talk about uh, the, the news this week that Bally's was shutting down Monkey Knife Fight, and uh, you were uh, you were a day oneer there, um, the guy that worked with Bill Asher to to create that daily fantasy sports company, and uh, and uh, you know it's really touching. Uh, post on LinkedIn today to the pe- people that you work with at Monkey Knife Fight. And as you and I were chatting yesterday, I think it's, uh, you know, even if you've left a company and when you see something like this happen, uh, you're, you know, it's, it's a punch to punch to the gut. But I, I did want to give you an opportunity to, to provide a few thoughts here on, on, on the news this week. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, it's it, it, like I said in that post, and I, and I appreciate the nice words. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I think it'll take me a long time to to process it, right? I mean, for for anyone who's who's lived in the startup world, I mean, startups fail more times than not. Um, you know, Monkey Knife Fight succeeded for me, right? It succeeded um, for for a lot of folks, not only people at Monkey Knife Fight and, and, and partners, incredible partners. We we had a lot of success, and so there's a lot of like bittersweet emotions that that. You know, I've been feeling I got a lot of text messages and, and phone calls over the last couple of days. You know, I, I had a sense that this was going to happen. Um, elder, candidly, I, I have some guilt, right? I left Monkey Knife Fight, right? And I'm not suggesting that um, I wish I didn't because I think the time was right for me to leave. But yeah, it, it's, you know, I appreciate it. I mean, ultimately, it's the greatest, it was the greatest experience of my life, right? Working with Bill. And the amazing folks at MKF, I mean, we did something that not a lot of folks um, have the opportunity to do, both innovate a product in the gaming space, but also, you know, the thing that I'm most excited about is is the brand building exercise that we 
that we uh, endeavored on and, and worked alongside just some of the most incredible kind of partners and partnership folks I've met in the space. So, um, yeah, as you can tell, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it, it's been a bit of a whirlwind over the last couple of days. I didn't think I would feel this way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been, uh, it's been, uh, it's been interesting <laughs> for lack of a better word there, Steve. Very, uh, very, very nicely uh, put, Nick. Thanks. Um, let's wrap it up there. Um, thank you so much to uh, Nick Salsky, uh, Chris Abbott, and Amanda Brewer, Christopher Bullman, Pierre Lind, and, and Ryan Mac McCarthy. Uh, just, just a great hour uh, hearing from all these different voices. Uh, Nick, uh, wish you safe travels to London next week to the Budweiser Gardens. Um, uh, enjoy the enjoy the Briar. Uh, we'll have to get you on maybe back on after the Briar and and, and do a bit of a wrap on the two Canadian Curling Championship events. Um, if you didn't get a chance to to read the newsletter, uh, please do. There's uh, there's a lot of good stuff this week. Um, there's about uh, 20, 20 jobs posted. If you have friends who are looking to get work in the sports betting, gaming, or or um, sports industry itself uh, right now, uh, I did want to give a shout out to uh, to James Fudge at the Esports Advocate, who actually uh, and we have a link in the newsletter. James got his hands on a spreadsheet with. Um, with people who were let go from one company this week with their skill set and contact information. So if you're a company out there that's looking to hire someone on, on the tech side or, or marketing or other departments, um, I would suggest that you, uh, you get your hands on that spreadsheet. And if you, uh, if you can't find it, please send me an email at steve at the and I'll, I'll send you that link. Um, just in the news are this week, uh, at a, conversation with uh greg kirstein of paysafe at the uh, at ice london so a good piece of greg talking about ontario and, and what paysafe's doing in the marketplace here so that's good reading as well um we will take next week off um i'll be flying back from new york on thursday but we will have newsletters on tuesdays and thursday and uh we will have coverage of of both iGaming next and sbj tech week uh from new york in the thursday newsletter um we create as i mentioned we always create a podcast from linkedin audio and so that podcast will be available come sunday morning um everybody please enjoy the rest of your week thanks as always for joining us and we'll see you again here on linkedin audio in two weeks time take care thank you for listening to the gaming news canada show sign up for our newsletter at gamingnewscanada.ca Follow Steve McAllister on LinkedIn to join the live audience. Message Steve if you're interested in being a sponsor or featured guest.